the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Jesus would say, I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. I am the door through which the sheep can go. I am the good shepherd. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the true vine. And then he would say, if you don't get it, I am the resurrection and the life. Welcome to The Barnabas Effect with Paul Purvis, Senior Pastor of Mission Hill Church, a multicultural, multi-generational, multiplying church focused on shining the light and love of Jesus like a city on a hill. You're invited to visit any of the three locations in Temple Terrace and Tampa. For information and locations, visit missionhill.org. That's missionhill.org. Now, with today's message, here's Pastor Paul Purvis. Do you ever find yourself making excuses for not doing the things you know that God wants you to do? Those things that have been clear, those things you've been taught, those things that most Christ followers understand. Maybe it begins with that relationship with God. Maybe you've been religious and and you're taking steps toward him, but in your heart, as we like to say in church, in your heart of hearts, you know you've never really surrendered. You've never stepped across that faith line. You've never said, I I want you, God, to be the boss, to be the Lord of my life. And, And you've come up with all kind of excuses for why not. And maybe it has to do with even your worship habits. And you've made other things a priority in your life, and public worship, gathering together, has become marginalized. Maybe it's some of those spiritual disciplines, things that every Christ follower knows they should do, things like reading God's Word regularly. We call that a devotion or a quiet time, a time in prayer where we talk and listen to God. Maybe something even as special where Jesus says some things only come through prayer and fasting. And maybe it's your witness. So you know, if you've been in church much, that every Christ follower is expected to tell somebody their story, how God changed their life. But you've never done that. You're not faithful in doing that with coworkers or classmates or even family members. And maybe it's your finances. You know, Scripture teaches you to be a faithful steward and, and yet you've not. You've made excuses. And some of them sound good. We, we make excuses like when, when things slow down a little bit. I think this has been an interesting year, by the way, because things slowed down quite a bit. If only I had a little more time at home, God, I, I might would be able to focus on my family. Well, guess what? And maybe, uh, God, when I get a little older, when the kids get a little older, maybe when I knew more or felt more comfortable, they may be real to us, but they're still excuses from us. 
And excuses can be kind of crazy, right? I read about these real-life excuses for calling in sick to work. Uh, One person said, my 12-year-old daughter stole my car and I had no way to work. Well, that's unusual. Another one said, I I, I couldn't make it because I got bats, B-A-T-S, bats in my hair. Somebody else says, my refrigerator fell on me. Another says, I was in line at a coffee shop and a truck full of flour, flour like you break bread with, flour backed up and dumped flour into my convertible. Somebody else says, I was hunting and I got bit by a deer. Somebody else says, I fell out of bed and broke my nose. Now that I can kind of understand. I caught a cold from my puppy. Yeah, possible. Or this one, my child stuck a mint up their nose. And I had to go to the ER to get it removed. Now, as a father of five children, that's entirely possible. There are some excuses even for missing school that are kind of crazy. Like this one, my mother gave my dog away and I can't stop crying. (laughs) Well, that that would make you miss school there. Or this one, my little sister locked me in the closet. (laughs) I had to miss school. Metropolitan Insurance Agency gave some excuses or reasons for automobile accidents. Listen to some of these. An invisible car came out of nowhere, struck my car, and then it vanished. The other car collided with mine without warning me of its intention. Yeah, they usually don't. Or as I reached an intersection, a hedge sprang up and obscured my vision. (laughs) Or this one, I pulled away from the side of the road, glanced at my mother-in-law, and then headed over the embankment. Now that'll do it every time. That, yeah. Or this one, the pedestrian had no idea which direction to go, so I ran over him. Oh, my. Well, our excuses, whether they're funny or lame or sincere, our excuses can keep us from God's best. They can keep us from getting in on what he's doing. They can keep us from experiencing how he wants to move in our life. And we've been learning that he wants to move us forward. You were created to go forward in every aspect of your life, especially in your spiritual journey, right? So if if you're a Christ follower, and let's say you're like some of my children, you began following Christ at a a young age as a child, or or let's say you're like some others in the room, you began following Christ as a teenager, or maybe you were a young adult or even a senior adult who chose to follow Christ, If that decision, if that step of faith was in your past, you're you're supposed to be beyond that, right? You're supposed to be going forward. Now, why is that? Well, it's because we have a God who is on the move. Say God is on the move. Yeah, that's what we've been learning as we look at the life of Moses. That God is on the move. And we see that even from his birth story. Moses was born into a family that was a godly family, but he was born in a time where the king, the evil Pharaoh, wanted all Israelite children killed. And so Moses' parents put him in a basket so that he could be saved, so that he could be delivered, right? And God in his providence, not a coincidence, but in his providence, he had the daughter of the Pharaoh there who saw this baby, Moses, And took her in, took him in to be her own. She adopted him into her family. And he was raised in royalty. Man, 
I'm so thankful that God is on the move and he's ahead of us. And, and that's still true of your life today. You may think God is silent. You may not hear from him. You may think he's moved out of the picture, but his hand is still on the arc of your history, your life, and he wants to move you forward. And we learn from Moses, he does that even when we mess up. Because Moses, raised in a royal home, turns 40. The Bible tells us that as he's 40 years old, he has an identity crisis. He realizes he doesn't really relate as an Egyptian, but he's an Israelite. And so he's out one day and he sees these Israelites being abused and being beat up. And he gets angry and he lets his emotions take control of him. And the Bible tells us that he becomes a murderer. He kills an Egyptian. There's always consequences when we do things that we should not do. And so Moses ends up being on the run. He leaves Egypt. He leaves royalty. And the Bible tells us he goes into the desert where he becomes a shepherd. And for 40 years, Moses is going to wander in that desert. And, And I'd like to point that out because some of you are in the desert. You're having what I would call a spiritual dry spell. I don't know what happened. It could be marriage. It could be life. It could be sickness. It could be your job. But you don't need a, you don't need a preacher to tell you you're not at the place you need to be with God. Your life is spiritually dry. You're in the desert. And I love the story of Moses because it reminds me that even when we fell, he murdered somebody. Even when we wander in the desert and we don't think we're hearing from God, that doesn't mean that God's finished with us. Failure is not final, nor is it fateful, fatal, because God uses imperfect people to accomplish his perfect will. Aren't you grateful for that, God? Guys, would you just praise God for that this morning? God uses us in spite of us for his glory that's what we see in Moses's life and then last week we joined Moses and God at a burning bush moment (laughs) A, a story a lot of people know about the Bible that Moses sees this bush in the wilderness that won't burn up it's on fire but it doesn't burn up and he encounters God there and God tells him he's on holy ground take off his shoes and he does that and then God speaks into his life and he says Moses I want you to know I've heard my people the Israelites crying out to me from Egypt I see them I hear them I know what they're going through and I'm going to deliver them and that's another part of this story that's so important because it, it reminds us that that too is true for us. God sees you. God hears you. God knows what you're going through. And he promises, I will deliver you. Hi, I'm Paul Purvis, the lead pastor of Mission Hill Church right here in Tampa Bay. Thanks for taking the time to listen to today's The Barnabas Effect. It's a ministry intended to encourage, equip, and empower you. You may not know this, but this ministry is made possible because of the generosity of listeners like you. We are able to be on the air because listeners like you are gracious and give to this ministry. Would you consider making a gift today? It would be our honor to send you a gift, a resource, as a result of your gift of any size. And you can make that gift by going to missionhill.org and clicking on the banner that says, the Barnabas Effect. 
That will direct you to a simple way that you can give right there online. Thanks again for listening to The Barnabas Effect today. And now we continue with our message. And the great thing about Scripture is that we see in the New Testament that God did that. Just as he told Moses, he came down. That's what happens that we celebrate at Christmas. It's called the incarnation of God. God came down from heaven. He became one of us so that he could deliver us. So that we would no longer have to be slaves, that we would no longer be bound or chained up to the things of our past or to addictions or to the things that keep us from God's best so that we could get in on what he's doing. He's our deliverer, church. And so, so God then tells Moses how he's going to do it. And this is where things get a little crazy. God says to Moses in Exodus 3 and verse 10, follow along. He says, come, I'll send you to Pharaoh that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. Wait, what? That you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. God's, God's rocking Moses' world right there. He, he's been in the desert, and, and sure, he, God's got his attention from the burning bush, and he's glad that God has, has seen his people and heard his people and knows what they're going through and that he's going to come down and deliver them. But what, God? Me? And so our conversation takes a twist. And it's going to take a twist in our room today. See, Moses was going to understand something that you and I have to understand. God saved him to send him, and that's true of us. If you've been delivered, and let me define that. If you call yourself a Christian, a follower of Christ, if you think you have a relationship with God through Jesus, you need to know God saved you to send you. That doesn't just apply to people like me, preachers who stand on a stage or behind a pulpit. It doesn't just apply to musicians who stand and lead worship. It doesn't just apply to missionaries uh, around the world. It applies to every follower of Christ. You were saved to be sent. And I would just tell you, as I look at our world, it's clear a lot who claim to be saved are not living as if they're sent. And here's what we've done. We've made excuses. So when you leave in a few minutes, <laughs> you're going to be without excuse. Because I'm going to help you look in God's word and take away those excuses that get in the way of God's best for our life. And in fact, at the end of our time together, we're going to do something we've not done since the beginning of this COVID-19 experience we've all walked through. I'm going to give you an opportunity to respond publicly to what God's saying. And I'm telling you that now because I want you to prepare because I believe this is a God moment. So I'm going to pray right now. And here's the point of my prayer. God, help us to put away all our excuses. Help us to listen to you. 
And so the Bible says where two or more are gathered, we agree in prayer, and there's power in that place because the presence of God is in that place. So you're in one of two categories. You're either going to agree with me in this prayer, or you're in disagreement. If you're in disagreement, honestly, I don't even understand why you go through the motions. I'm glad you do, but I don't understand why. If you can't be in agreement that, God, I don't want any more excuses. I want your best. I hope that's where you are. Let's pray that right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, you've heard what I've said. You're already here with us. That's our prayer. Give us what we don't have that we need to have to do your will. Teach us what we don't know that we need to know to do your will. Make us who we're not. Men and women, and boys and girls, regardless of age, so that we may be the people we need to be to do your will. Lord, at this place, we want to be done with excuses. So meet us here and help us to respond to this God moment for your glory. And God, oh, I don't want to get in the way. You know my flesh better than I know my flesh. So let the words in my mouth and even my thoughts in these moments not be distracted, distracted, but be focused like a laser on you. For you are my strength and my redeemer. And Jesus, you tell us that when we lift you up, that you draw men and women to you. So I pray that today you would draw somebody to you. God, I pray that you would save someone. And, and Lord, I even pray that that would be professed in this place. And I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. So Moses is there at the burning bush. He encounters God. God then says, hey, I want you to go. And Moses begins to make excuses. Excuse number one. Who am I, God? Have you ever felt that way? God, I'm a nobody. You need somebody else. How do you want to use me exactly? Isn't it interesting how things change when your perspective changes? When you stop looking at God and you start looking at self, you begin to be guided by worry and fear and focused on your insufficiencies, what you can't do. And that was true of Moses. It's, it's true of us. In one instance, I mean, it couldn't have been 120 seconds earlier that God said, take off your shoes, you're on holy ground. And Moses says, here I am. And in those few seconds, he moves from here I am to who am I? <laughs> well, you really know what you're talking about, God. Look at it. Verse 11 of chapter 3, Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? And he, that's God said, I will be with you. This shall be a sign for you that I've sent you when you brought the people out of Egypt. You shall serve God on this mountain. Well, Moses was right, and I need you to understand something because it's scriptural. We're going to explain it in a moment, but there really is no such thing as a self-made man. So one of the things that we disagree with about pop psychology is that, no, nobody can do it all on their own. You know, our hearts are exceedingly wicked apart from the grace of God. And I'm always going to fall short if I'm not depending on his power and his presence. With God, all things are possible, right? Moses is going to learn that. Moses was insufficient, so are we, but God is self-sufficient. 
So what happens? God gives Moses a couple of things to remember. First, he wants him to remember, I am with you. The presence of God. The presence of God makes a difference. When you are with God, when you are a part of his family, everything changes. And that promise didn't end with Moses. We read about it in his lieutenant's life, Joshua. Before Joshua goes in the promised land, you know what God says to him? Hey, Joshua, don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged. I am with you. I'll never leave you. We see that with Gideon. Before Gideon goes into battle, God says, hey, I'm with you. We see that with a young couple named Mary and Joseph. When their lives are turned upside down and they don't know what's going to happen, the angel says to them, it's God who is going to be with you. And we see that promise for you and me because the writer of Hebrews, near the end of the book, he says, God will not leave you. He will not forsake you. Never, no, never, not ever. See, when you become a part of God's family, that that changes everything in your life. That's what scripture teaches. I've had the privilege on several occasions to go to Buckingham Palace in London. Isn't that exciting? Well, let me clarify a little bit. I've had the privilege to stand outside the gates and take picture with, with hundreds and thousands of other people of, of Buckingham Palace. And, and that is fun. But I, I want to tell you about another teenage girl. She was born in Great Britain. When she was 15 years old, she would have been just like me and just like you, unless you have some connections I'm not aware of. She would have had to stand outside the gate of the palace. But something changed. She met a boy. Her name is Kate Middleton. And she met a prince. And she became part of a family. And because she became part of the family, she can go into that palace (laughs) and she has all kinds of rights. When you become a follower of Christ, according to Scripture, you're adopted into the family of God, the royal family. And the Bible says that the Holy Spirit of God indwells you. He never leaves you. He doesn't treat your life, your heart, like a cheap hotel where you check in and then check out as soon as you can or when trouble comes. No, he's there to stay. He is with you, just like he was with Moses. But that wasn't the only promise he gave Moses. He also said, Moses... I've given you a future. I've got plans for you. And he even tells them what what they are. He, He says, your people, the children of Israel, my people, they're going to worship right here on this same mountain. Where was he? He was on Mount Horeb, the mountain of God. It's also known as Mount Sinai. And guess what? Exodus 19, Exodus 20, the people of God gather at Mount Sinai and they worship God. Why? Because that was the future that God had planned. Now, all of these stories from Scripture, we have to be careful about applying them out of context to our life, but we take the principles, just like the words of the prophet Jeremiah, who said, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord's, not plans of disaster, calamity, but a future and a hope 
And so you need to know today, regardless of what you're going through, even if you don't understand what's going on in your life, God has a plan. What you want to do is get in on his plan. You want to trust his plan. When you can't see his hand, when you can't trace his plan, you just trust his heart and you follow him without excuse. I want to mention one more thing that's important. I think this also teaches us why we value life so much. Why does God have a plan for every one of his children? It's because every one of his children are created in his image. You were created in the image of God. That's why every conceived life is valuable from the womb to the tomb. That's why every race is valuable regardless of where you've come from. That's why every class of people from the poorest to the wealthiest are valuable. It's not because of who they are. It's not because of who we are. It's because of who he is. We're image bearers of a mighty, mighty God. And that should lead us to be without excuse. You've been listening to The Barnabas Effect with Pastor Paul Purvis. The Barnabas Effect is here to provide listeners like you with biblical truth and spiritual encouragement. But it can't be done without your financial support. Go to missionhill.org and click on the Give tab. Your financial support helps us reach those seeking truth about God and themselves. Thank you for giving at missionhill.org. And join us weekdays at 9 a.m. for The Barnabas Effect with Pastor Paul Purvis on Faith Talk AM 570 and 910. 